amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I want to recommend that you don't let yourself get lazy in worship. What I mean by that is you only praise when you sing the song. And then you get quiet and just... <laughs> I don't mean there's not a time to be quiet and listen, but, uh, uh, you know, in different times in these services in the past, just times we've been led to do so, we kind of did what we did. I don't know how long we did that, but for, say, 15 minutes. Uh, but we did that for, we just started the service for an hour with no singing. We just praise the Lord just with our words for an hour. Say, so what happens when you do that? Awesomeness. <laughs> really does. Really does. And, uh, and my experience uh, is that testimonies galore come, even though it's totally uncomfortable for like the first half hour for some people. <laughs> Because they're like, I said every praise word I know in five minutes. And here we are, it's 45 minutes. Now it's 50 minutes. But you push yourself past that a little bit. And what happens is you enter into the glory. You just enter into the presence of God on a deeper level. Because your spirit is activated, your mind is engaged, and it has to be. You either check out or you check in. And uh, again, I'm not saying that because singing songs is somehow inferior. We love it. We do that all the time. I'm just saying that's not the only way to engage the Lord in worship. Amen. So sometimes you just go. You just say, I don't know what to say. Keep your mouth a moving. When you run out, get in tongues, then come back. So your mind doesn't get lazy on you. Amen. Praise God. He's good. So good, so good. Thank you, Lord. You know, the, the, the Lord uh, dealt with me just briefly, you know, several hours ago. When I said, what do you want to do tonight? He said, well, he, he, he said I want to heal people. And so I noticed a couple people already kind of picked up on that, worship leaders and so forth. Uh, so there's healings taking place. That's good news. I say, well, this is not a healing meeting. Who says? <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, every time we get together, it's a healing meeting on some level. Because <laughs> that's, just, that's just, you know, ABCs of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Not that we're going to hand, lay hands on people. To my knowledge, I'm not going to. But that's okay. Because he wants us to see things his way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I guess I should get a Bible. Thank you. Um, amen, amen. You know, you know. I have a a friend that is. Um, you know, a lot of people today are always talking about current events and politics and all this kind of stuff. I'm talking like online and social media and stuff. And this friend, he 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 seems to remind everyone, as far as Christians, again and again, about don't forget about you know how Jesus like died on the cross <laughs> when they're saying when, they're, when, they're, whenever, when all the discussion goes to this problem, that problem, this government issue, this leader, this political thing here, and he always just kind of brings people back. Don't forget our message is, is, is the gospel. And it's like, yeah, no matter how much this other stuff gets straightened out or doesn't get straightened out, uh, that always is the message. I mean, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if we have perfect uh, uh, leaders and perfect government and a perfect economy and, uh, and and no more you know demics of any kind. Uh, it doesn't matter. You still need Jesus. Still, if you you know if you prosper all the days of your life, you got money in the bank and you're happy and everything, but you you don't receive the forgiveness of sins. You wasted your life. So. Again, I'm not saying other things aren't worthy of discussion in the right place at the right time. We do need to engage our culture, but we always need to engage with Jesus. Amen? Always need to remember that. Praise God. Let me, let me show you something in the Word real quick. Um, if you would look with me at the book of Acts. Chapter 13. 
number 13, if you're from Australia. Uh, Paul was preaching here, and he said a bunch of stuff. You can read the whole chapter, get his whole message. Um, for preaching's sake, usually doesn't bode well to read whole chapters. <laughs> Uh, you should do that on your own. You do that on your own? I recommend you read the Bible. We read a chapter a day every day together, right? We're in the book of Revelation right now. And uh, if you've been doing that with me all year, you're almost done with the New Testament. Good for you. Who did that? In Acts chapter 13, middle of Paul preaching here, he uh, it's, it's written, let's see, verse 38. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, that's man is capital M, that's Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. What's the main message of Jesus? The forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So the law of Moses basically declared you guilty for not fulfilling it perfectly. Jesus came along and declared you justified, forgiven. It is through the preaching of Jesus that people are made right with God. And I know this is pretty basic. This is pretty fundamental to the, to the Christian life is Jesus died for my sins. It's sometimes, though, in in the ongoing process of living, people forget about that basic part and they allow guilt to come in. They allow condemnation to set in their heart. They allow, to, they allow themselves to start thinking about things that are going wrong and wondering why. And the enemy will help you to, to start questioning yourself and, and then remembering everything you've not done that you should have done and help you remember everything that you did wrong that you shouldn't have done wrong. And then immediately draw a connection to what you've, where, where you've come up short or where you've missed the mark and say, that's why. And that's why this has happened to you. That's why you have this health problem. And that's why you're having this financial trouble. That's why you lost your job. That's why your car broke down. That's why your dog died. That's why uh, this happened. That, that's, why, that's why these things, no, it's, but the enemy will help you do that. Why? Because then you'll feel like, okay, that, you know, I deserve this. I have this coming to me. And, uh, and, and by the way, that's just, you understand the logic, but that's opposite of the gospel. It's opposite of what Je Jesus came so we wouldn't think that way anymore. He came to remove that, that obstacle to us living in the blessing of God. The blessing of God doesn't come to us because we live a perfect life, because we've done it all right or we've never missed any opportunities. The blessing of God is tied to Jesus. The blessing of God is tied to what Jesus did. Paul was preaching, and this was, I think, pretty standard gospel message for him. Uh, he's probably like us today where he didn't say it the exact same way every time. But that's the essence of where he would go and preach. And he's preaching Jesus to him. What is he preaching about Jesus? Just a, uh, just a moral, you know, example? No, but he was that. But no, no. He's preaching Jesus the forgiveness of sins. He said the law could never do this for you. The law would basically say, you're guilty, man. You're, you're, you failed. You come up short. But Jesus came along and said, but through my blood you're justified. Through my sacrifice, forgiveness of sins is complete. It's finished. It's done. Now, I don't know if we all often recognize how closely tied the blessings of God are in our life to believing that. In the, in the modern uh, Christian world, I think sometimes we separate it. I'm forgiven, and that's just like, okay, my eternity that spiritual part of me, that's my relationship with God. And then there's the rest of my life. I'm trying to get healed, and I'm trying to get blessed, trying to get my prayers answered. We separate it from that. Because separated from that, I'm going to have trouble with 
with this. Because I think, well, this went wrong with my health because I'm such a jerk. Because I was rude, because I did this wrong, I did this wrong, and you, everyone knows what they did wrong. And, it, and the enemy wants you to tie your experience to your, your, your shortcoming. Where the Lord wants us to get our experience back tied to what Jesus did. Amen. In, in, the, in the Acts there, if you were to keep reading just a few verses later in the next chapter, uh, this is where Paul was preaching the gospel in Lystra, I think. And, uh, and there was that guy there was listening to him who was lame, was crippled in his feet and uh, couldn't walk and from birth. And, and while Paul was preaching the gospel there, it says, the scripture says that that man received or had faith to be healed. He's listening to Paul preach the gospel. He gets faith to be healed. If you know the story, then Paul says, Paul perceived it and said, hey man, get up. He gets up, but he's healed. He didn't lay hands on him. He just, hey, you got to get up. And it's so interesting because the guy's just listening to Paul preach the gospel. And, and it doesn't give us details of the gospel. It doesn't give us the gospel outline there. We know gospel means good news, so he wasn't preaching modern-day church messages. <laughs> right? I mean, he, 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 he wasn't preaching a bunch of, you're a, you're a no, no good, good for nothing, sinner, unworthy of it. No, he's preaching the gospel. That's the good news. That's the bad news when you talk about our shortcomings. Right? Preaching the gospel. He's preaching what? Well, the good news... At minimum, that's Jesus on the cross. That's Jesus taking our place. That's Jesus' substitutionary work. It's Jesus, our Redeemer, right? But it doesn't go into detail. Did Paul talk about healing too? He may have because that's a part of the gospel. You know, you can't separate those different things from the gospel. Yet, it's entirely possible that he didn't specifically mention healing. He preached the gospel and that guy got faith to be healed. It's, listen to this, I know we're, we're reading into it a little bit because we can, we know the word, we know the word saved, the word salvation, all those contain healing and blessing and all the, the good things that God wants to give us. So uh, we're not in left field by any means just saying that Paul likely talked about healing and other things. It just doesn't mention it specifically, but we know whatever he said caused the guy to have faith to be healed. So you know for sure, right guys, you know for sure he wasn't saying God heals some and he doesn't heal others. You know 100% for sure that he wasn't saying that because if you were to say something like that, no one would get faith for healing. Zero people would get faith for healing. That's why I say a modern day message of some, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes it's God's will and sometimes it's not. You just have to trust that he's in control. See, they didn't preach that garbage. They didn't preach that. Paul wasn't preaching that garbage. That doesn't get people healed. That doesn't lead people closer to the Lord. It puts people in confusion. He preached the gospel, and the guy got faith to be healed. Uh, but I, I read verse chapter 13, just those few verses, because we know some of his content was this, that he's preaching Jesus. And we think we still ought to preach Jesus. Not just leadership. Not just self-help. Not just some of those other things. I don't mean they're all together bad, but our main message is the Savior. It's Jesus, his shed blood. He's what changes us. He's what redeems us. And, and it, is, it is through that that people end up in the blessing of God and healed. One of the reasons why I think that's the case and why, why I, I, I think when Paul preached the gospel in Lystra, that whether he mentioned healing or not, the guy could get healed either way, was because what he preached for sure, you're never going to skip the forgiveness part if you're preaching the gospel. What he preached for sure was that through Jesus' sacrifice, your guilt is removed. You are no longer counted guilty by God. You're justified, as he said. Justified, remember, just as if I'd never sinned or made righteous through Christ. We know that was in the message. Many times, that's all we need 
to enter into the blessing of God in the physical way. Why is that? Because something has lingered. I, I kind of said it already, but let me say it another way. It, it was definitely in their culture, and it still lingers in ours. And it's, that's this. When something's wrong, we're trying to make the connect and connection to something we did. Okay? For example, in the book of John, chapter 9, there was a, an account of a man who was born blind. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, who sinned, this guy or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, uh, why would you even ask that? Well, because that was their cultural belief, that if someone was born with a condition, someone had to sin, either the baby in the womb sinned. That's very real. They, they believe that. Either the baby sinned in the womb. I don't know if that was a good kick to the stomach or <laughs> waking mom up at night. <laughs> but whatever. Baby sinned in the womb or the parents sinned and that's why their child was, was, was born that way. That was their belief. Okay. And you, if you read the story, Jesus said, no, it was neither. He said, let's giddy up. It's getting dark. That's my, my translation. <laughs> let's giddy up and do the works of God. Then they got the guy set free before it was dark. Okay, uh, but that belief that if something's wrong, I sinned, something about me is wrong, that, that belief about ourselves is a magnet to problems. It's a magnet to disease. When, when lying symptoms come, bam, ah, what did I do? How did I miss it? I must be off somewhere. What did I do? What's wrong with me? And then we know the things that we've missed it in and we've come short in. And so that thought process, that entertaining that there's something insufficient and wrong with me, it lays hold of that problem and then it settles in and becomes a part of our life. How did Paul release people from that? By telling them about forgiveness. By telling them about how they are forgiven in Jesus. That Jesus' sacrifice provided forgiveness for them. 100% forgiveness. Absolute forgiveness. The language the scriptures use are picturesque in this way. He has separated our sin as far as the east is from the west. Right? How I many know east and west don't touch? That's how far. He will remember our sins no more. Well, if the problem I have, whether it's crippled feet or ankles or something else, if the problem I have is connected to sin, and by the way, it is. It may not be directly, but there is no sickness in the world without sin in the world. They're definitely in the same family. You're not going to heaven and seeing a, a hospital. <laughs> when, you know how sometimes people say, well, some people get healed in heaven. They actually don't because there's no sickness there. No one gets healed in heaven. There's nothing to be healed of, right? So uh, sickness and disease is antithetical to God himself and his character and nature. It's only here because of sin, right? So if sickness and disease or any curse really has no sticking power aside from sin, then we could deal with the curse. We could, we could, and that's one way to deal with, with physical problems is to speak to, is to use the power of God, use the name of Jesus on the, the, the ailment. Another way is to deal with the sin that allows that thing to, to kind of survive. The sin mentality is the greenhouse that allows that sickness to, to exist. So what, 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 what do we do if we want to get people who were born with problems, get them set free? Well, they, probably, they often feel like they deserve it or this is God's will or God's not healing. There's some reason why this is happening and all we need to do is say, no, actually Jesus died to remove that from you. 
Jesus died and your guilt is now gone. Your shame is now removed. Your sins are forgiven. <laughs> well, then it's almost like this, this sickness, this disease has no right to be here. Exactly. Exactly. Do, do I need healed? Well, you just got it. I know it's not uncommon. I think it'll be more and more common here to, to, to see this. But it's not uncommon. Maybe, maybe you've seen this, Pastor Bill. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I'm talking on missions. It's not uncommon when people are hearing the gospel in, you know, gospel crusades and so forth. When they preach the gospel to them, that people are healed without trying. You receive Jesus, pray, I make Jesus the Lord of my life, I receive you as my Savior, and the bodies are healed. No effort. Why? It's just, they go together. Don't they? I mean, people like, uh, I believe it was um, T.L. Osborne, who <laughs> ministered to gazillions of people, and he said something to the effect of, if I can be the first one, because he did world missions, if I could be the first one presenting Jesus to any culture, any group, he said they'll always be healed the moment they receive Jesus. Always. It's just when religion gets in there first, people water it down, they remove the power, then you kind of have to treat them like two separate issues. Because we separate them. God doesn't. He said, if I can be first... I'll just preach Jesus, the Savior, the healer, the deliverer, the freer. He's, he's the one who makes you, and they'll receive Jesus, and, and they'll, their spirit will be born again. Their minds will be set straight. Demons will be cast out. Their bodies will be healed. All in one prayer. Because it's all the same with God. Amen. So I've had this problem for, so, for, for a while now. Is there something wrong with me? It doesn't matter. Jesus died, so there's nothing wrong with you. Well, I've, been, I've done a lot of things wrong. That's why Jesus shed his blood. So let it be, let it be, uh, let it be known. Let me, let me pronounce you. Ready? You are, you are clean. I pronounce you on the authority of the blood of Jesus and the word of God. You are free. You are clean. You are sanctified. You are washed of every sin and every, and every stain and every wrongdoing of every bad thought. Amen. Of every lie you've ever told, of every uh, internet page you've looked at that you shouldn't have, uh, of every, every substance that you've used to get high, <laughs> every, every, every wrong thought, every rudeness, every speed, amount of speeding. I'm trying to say that right. <laughs> On the th uh, so you can't do that. I certainly can. I can speak the word of God just like anyone else can. And on the authority of his word, I say just what Paul said. Through him, we have the forgiveness of sins. And what, the, what your efforts of trying to serve God acceptably, what your efforts of trying to obey every commandment could never do, his blood did do for you. Just like that. Can I show you another verse? First uh, John, so way at the end of the book, First John chapter 3, and verse 20, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Whatever caused, you know, those problems in, in, in your legs, it doesn't matter. Jesus washed you of that. Whether it was your fault, someone else's fault, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Jesus shed his blood, so there's no sticking power to that anymore. You're washed. You're clean. And so there is no power of the enemy's activities and, and, and the curse that comes from the, 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 the root of sin. It doesn't have the ability to stay in you anymore. It can't stick to a righteous person. Curses can't stick to righteous people. Curses stick to unrighteous people. 
well, I'm so unrighteous. Then get, then accept Jesus as your Savior. I'm thinking probably a few of you already have since this is a believers meeting. Say, well, I already have received Jesus as my Savior. Then you're clean. Then you're free. And that sickness is falling off of you right now. First John chapter 3 and verse 20 reads, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Now, how many know God does not condemn you? He, Romans 8, 1, if you're in Christ, no condemnation, right? The Lord is not condemning us, but sometimes because we know things we've done, our heart gives us trouble. But even in that situation, it's good to know that God is greater than our heart and knows all things. In other words, he still knows that the blood of Jesus is more than sufficient to take care of any wrongdoing we've done. He knows that the blood of Jesus is more powerful. He's greater. Yeah, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. So what, what, what is he saying? Uh, if your heart condemns you, it hurts your confidence, right? But what are you going to do if your heart condemns you? Well, you could say, well, stop sinning. I get that. That's certainly a way, but who's, who's mastered that? I mean, who has perfected the sinless life, and you've gone years now without, without sinning? On three, shoot your hand up. One, two, three. <laughs> I'm not having any takers. So, therefore, you have to live with condemnation. Or... Or you say, what does God know that I need to know? Since he knows all things, he's greater than this, then I just need to think like he thinks. What does he know for sure? Exactly what his son's blood did for us. So I can say, certainly I don't want to invite self-condemnation into my life, but nevertheless, if I can't escape that completely by my own efforts anyway, I'm going to go and have to throw myself onto the mercy of God and believe that Jesus' blood washed me free of all sin and shame. Therefore, no condemnation. No condemnation. Guess what I have? Confidence in God. I don't have any faith in sickness and disease. No faith in the curse. No faith in the power of the devil. No faith in the, in the world system that tries to tear us down. My confidence is in God. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. If we ever forget about Jesus and what he did and put that in the back seat as a secondary issue, then we're in trouble. You know, I saw a movie, Amy and I saw a movie recently that was supposed to be kind of a Christian movie because the story was awesome. But it wasn't Christian. They, they, they wanted art because it was a preview. I'll just tell this between us. Because <laughs> the movie hasn't come out yet. <laughs> but uh, they said, what do you think? I said, I think you forgot to mention the name of Jesus. Because the story is a great story of, of people's salvation and so forth. And they never mentioned Jesus. At all. I thought... You missed the punchline. <laughs> they even showed live clips because it's a, real, a true story. Live clips of the, the re actual event. And in real life, the person this movie was about got, gets up at the end and says before like 40 million people. And so now you know what, maybe you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But he says, you know, first things first, want to give thanks to the Lord up above. And he says, thank you, Jesus. And they cut it out of the movie. The Christian movie. You missed the point. I mean, the world today, they're, they're okay if we talk about our faith. My faith is very valuable to me. I have a deep devotion to my faith. Or my religion. How I many know oh, that is like, blah, blah. My, my faith is not the object of my faith. If you have faith, it's in something. What is our faith in? The, the blood that was shed for me. 
when Jesus died at Calvary. Come on. It is thr- because of that, I have no guilt. I have no shame, no condemnation. His, I really believe his blood washed me of all sin. And I stand before God holy, clean, and pure as if I'd never done anything wrong. That's true for 100% of those who receive Jesus. Therefore, what right is there of any curse? And sickness is a curse if you read the scriptures. Read Deuteronomy 28. It's a curse. Sickness, what right does a curse have to be on someone who's innocent? Someone who's righteous. That'd be like Jesus getting sick. That'd be like you're praying to the Father one day and he says, sorry. I had a sore throat tonight. Jesus is on the throne. He says, no, that can't happen. Well, what did Jesus die to make us into? Just like him. Sons of God. Children of the Most High. Washed and cleansed. That's what the blood did for us. We're free. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes people have struggle with perpetual sin. And one reason for that is because they view themselves as beneath the sin or as a sinner or they still see them as an individual trying to obtain, trying to be good enough, trying to overcome instead of the mentality that we should, that all believers should have is I've been made right. I didn't obtain it through my efforts. I accepted Jesus and he made me right. Now I have this thing called the fruit of the spirit. It's self-control. Now I'm above sickness and the devil and the disease and curse and sin. I'm positionally above it. I'm, I'm right with God. So I can do anything I want. What, say, what do you mean do anything you want? I can resist any evil. I can. I have the ability to. Amen. And if, and if I had bad knees, I could walk anyway. If I had bad something else, <laughs> I could just I could get up like that guy in Acts 14. Why? What did he hear? I know this for sure. This is what he heard. Through Jesus, you have the forgiveness of sins. Oh, wait a minute. I thought I thought I had this because I did something wrong. Something was wrong with me or my parents or someone, but there's sin. This is definitely punishment from God. Or this is definitely an open door to the devil. Nope, nope. Through Jesus, all sins are washed away. There's no ability for any of these things to come at you anymore. Oh, that's the case. Wow, I got it. And Paul looked at him and said, you do, get up. The only thing he lacked is just he needed to get up. Amen. Let me show you one more verse. Then we'll stop showing you verses. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs 26 verse 2. Sounds like an odd verse. But it says like a like a Flitting, is that how you say that? Flitting. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. Or you could say land. The curse is not going to come. It's not going to come without a cause. He goes on to say in verse 3, a whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, a rod for the fool's back. <laughs> Who gets the rod? The fool. Why does the fool need the rod on his back? Well, because of his foolishness. In other words, you, you are an idiot. This is the only thing you're going to listen to. 
something wrong with you, bam, rod is judgment, rod is symbolic of punishment. Watch, sickness and disease, if you'll read through many of the scriptures, sickness and disease very much is, is painted as a picture of punishment for sin. Say, oh, now I know what's wrong with me. <laughs> now you know what Jesus just removed. The, the basis, the foundation, the reason for sickness to come on you. If it is punishment for sin, if the rod is for the fool, yet Jesus died for my foolishness. If the curse without a cause can't land, and the cause, the, the, the magnet for sickness and other problems too, but sickness is unrighteousness is sinfulness is condemnation if, if that's the magnet if that's the the thing that brings sickness upon us and yet Jesus removes that magnetism through his blood now these things can't alight now these things no longer they just slip right off you now that's why if you're having leg problems tonight you can you can move them now <laughs> you can there's no sticking power there anymore you have other problems. You, you can do what you couldn't do before. Why? Because nothing can hold that problem on you. Nothing can keep it on you. Because <laughs> Jesus literally, I mean, he took it all the way. He took all the, all the stickiness off. And those things, they just, they'll fall right off you now. Say, so, do I need to do anything? No. But if you're struggling in your mind, just say, Lord, thank you. I'm forgiven. Now there's nothing wrong. Your blood has washed me clean, completely free. I stand before you as if I'd never sinned. Your blood is really, it really works. Your blood is really powerful. Thank you, Lord. I'm right with you. I'm right with God. Come on. You see why, why church services ought to be more celebratory than whiny? Oh, Lord, help us. We're just, we need you. We're desperate for you, Lord. Stop it. Stop it. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I believe in the power of your blood shed for me. And now I'm free. Now I'm clean. And now I'm righteous in your sight because of what you have done for me. Hallelujah. And you'll start dancing before you're done. All the problems have gone, have gone away. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Say it with me. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Praise God. Say it out loud. Say, I'm free, I'm free. From, sickness, from sickness, from sin, from, sin. from every, curse every curse because of Jesus. What the law couldn't do, Jesus did through his death and his resurrection. Now I'm whole. Now I'm free. Now I've got the victory. Amen, amen. <laughs> Let's stand up and praise God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we exalt you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We magnify you. Oh, we glorify you. We praise and exalt you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, Lord that we are free. Praise God for giving us the victory. Thank you, Lord, for your shed blood. Thank you, Lord, for its efficacy. We are washed and clean, made, made right in your sight. The forgiveness of sins has come to every one of us. Thank you, Lord. We are free, forgiven of every sin, of all shame. You've removed every stain. Now we stand before you with great confidence. We have confidence in you today. For great is your name and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for washing, for cleansing, for making us new. We stand holy before you today. Lord, we can worship you without fear of consequence, without fear of judgment, without fear of punishment. Lord, we thank you that Jesus took our punishment, that Jesus was judged in our place. And now we stand before you by your grace. Hallelujah. Fully accepted fully embraced, fully washed, and clean. We believe in you. We believe in your mighty power. Hallelujah. We believe in the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus.
blood shed for us. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 So take advantage of what I've done for you and come boldly before me now and receive. Take what belongs to you through my precious blood. Take what belongs to you. Take what belongs to you because it's yours. It's been purchased by the blood of Jesus. It has been purchased. So take what belongs to you. You can have it now. <laughs> oh, we honor you today. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We honor you and magnify you in this place. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for bodies are now lining up with your goodness, lining up with your grace, lining up with your perfect will and plan. Thank you, Lord, that legs are being restored, organs are being restored. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, even right now, sickness and disease is falling off of people everywhere. Pains and discomforts and aches and joint issues are falling off everywhere. And heart problems are leaving. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for all these things just falling off. Because we're forgiven, we are free. The devil has no power over us any longer. Sickness and disease has no sticking power in our lives. Only you and your blessings come to us. Only you and your favor and your grace. For Jesus' death was successful. Hallelujah. He did win the victory. And now we live in it. Now we walk in it. Now we enjoy your best. All of our days. Oh, hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You believe that so? Was Jesus enough for you?
Pastor Bill help me because he's the director of LBC. But uh, let's just uh, believe with him for God's favor and blessing and guidance and Backsliders. But when people leave, 